Come on and grab your dick and whip it out on the stage. It's the Doors <laughs> Dudes. Uh, the only podcast that covers every album from the band The Doors. All six of them, uh, from, uh, the, the entire life and output of Jim Morrison. Uh, welcome to the show. It's the 27 Club. I'm Pete. And I'm PJ. And I think for legal reasons, we should say, don't do that. <laughs> Yes, um, true. Unless you're at a place where that kind of thing is uh, acceptable. or Right, you know. sure. Yeah, there are some stages in the country where that's actually encouraged. Yeah, uh, but thunder from down under stage. Right, sure. Whatever the club was in Magic Mike, things well, like that. Well, it depends on whether or not you're talking about the first Magic Mike or the second one. Cause Good the question. The first one was one place, and the second one was like a road trip comedy. You yes. know, they traveled yeah. around. Yeah, so the second one, okay, so the second one they're traveling around. Well, then there's that just shows you like the breadth of clubs around right. the nation that that yeah. could be allowed at. But the first one, here's the disappointing thing to me about the first yeah. one. Yeah, well, and actually, sure. Pete, will you, the first one is called Magic Mike. The second one is Magic Mike XL. So. I think it's X. Is it just XL? For some reason, uh, I thought it was double XL, which would be know. really funny. <laughs> <laughs> to go from Magic Mike to Magic yeah. Mike XXL. Well, what? It oh, would it also is. be really it funny. Magic Mike XL. Is it really? Yeah. That's hilarious. Wow. Why It'd would be they... really funny. Yeah. I'm surprised no like dumb action movie has done sequels as XL, XXL. And then, like, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, I guess, kind of, they did that with the chronicles of riddick thing but they just went straight to triple x yeah so. well in the movie we're talking about each movie the shirt gets progressively bigger um right exactly <laughs> yeah it gets more confusing by the end that's the it's a bad striptease because it's just the one giant shirt yeah, you can just off. see through their collar hole it's yeah. too big and stretched out yeah 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 it's like uh oh man is that i think it is a how i met your mother reference i'm thinking of when they get the like bikini babe t-shirts when they go to the jersey oh, shore right. but for some reason they only have like double xls so they just all are down to their knees on all of them and it's yeah I, I think that is how i met your mother if i'm not mistaken i remember that I mm-hmm. think. but it might be something else i mean i know they did that in how i met your mother but the it being a giant t-shirt might be from something else so um, well, aren't all bikini t-shirts big so that the bikini's in the right spot? Maybe, because it's like the front of a body, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, That's like my point. body, you know, where my shirt ends is much higher than where my... You know, the end yeah, of my you wouldn't see would. much of the lower bikini part. Right, and that's the part that makes all the money, baby. Right, well, and it's rare that there's a, a bottomless beach. <laughs> Usually they're just topless. <laughs> so to yeah. have the reverse. Sounds like my PJ's walking around though. in a t-shirt, nothing else on the beach. Yeah. But the t-shirt is the bikini babe t-shirt. I'm pulling the Winnie the Pooh look. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So get, to get back to Magic Mike. Yes, yes. One thing, um, and really the main thing that was extremely disappointing to me about that movie, uh, zero dicks. Nothing. Right, yeah. Like, absolutely no dicks. no dicks, and it made me want to look up. I did not, but it made me curious whether, is it like an actual Florida law that you can't get naked at a strip club, or was it just well, for some reason in the movie they didn't want to? It just seems weird that a whole movie about stripping... Yeah, have well, no like actual nudity, basically. Yeah, my friend who went to his friend's bachelor party and went, they have a strip club. You have a friend they, who has a friend who has a strip no, club. No, no. So my friend <laughs> went to his friend's strip bachelor party that was at a strip club. Okay. And uh, he told me that the stripper said that 
um, while they were fully nude, uh, bottomless and topless, other places didn't do mm. that. So I don't know what the you know what the law is. Yeah. Did and did the stripper go into all the legal reasons and state law versus federal law that might be interacting there? Well, yeah, she's just stripping to pay her way through law school, so she went into every nitty gritty detail of it. Yeah. So yeah, but you weren't listening at that point. There was just a well. No, I I mean it wasn't me. Of course, this was somebody else. Oh, this wasn't you. My mistake. I got confused during that story. No, this definitely was not me at a strip club at your bachelor party. It was a friend. No. Yeah, that would be insane. Why would we're gentlemen? No, exactly. We did you take your headphones off because you can hear the motorcycle running around outside? No, I was I was hearing talking and I couldn't tell whether it was just like it sounded very loud in my headphones in a oh, way okay. where I it kind of sounded like my it wasn't wife was on standing my end, right? outside the door to this room talking loudly. Oh, she's phone. just whispering sweet nothings into but, the door. No, I think Do it you? might be my neighbor. So, you know, you've been to my home I in have, the yes. in the office room, which is also our guest room, so you've you yeah. graced it with your body oh, sleeping. I did. I got um, so sweaty. That's how there. I, that's how people And you had it. a wireless charger in <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, that's right. We give our guests the best. Five-star hotel here, man. Um so right outside these windows is like my neighbor's driveway. Right. Um and they appear to have someone visiting and but for some reason they're just standing in the driveway and talking, which is kind of do you not have a better place to do that? Yeah, it's like go inside. Yeah. Outside my house, there's like a 12-year-old on a dirt bike, and he's, you know, running up and down the street on it, um, which is cool. Nice. But his little brother has an even smaller dirt bike and is like following him sometimes. Nice. Yeah, it's, uh, it's real weird. Pop that, pop the little brother up on his handlebars, and then it'll get interesting. Oh, much safer that way, I think. Mm-hmm. How else are newborns supposed to have fun, you know? Yeah. I really hope one of them slips on the gravel on my street so that they stop. Mm. Well, that's why they have the mountain bike. They put the mountain bike tires on just for that gravel, man. Yeah, and they're the real fat ones. They're really, yeah, yeah, yeah. These kids know what's up. Oh, they have done extensive research on they do. how to. Well, PJ, how the hell are you? It's been... It's been a been while, while since we've yeah. recorded, although this will come out exactly one week after the previous episode. A previous episode in which we recorded live, mm-hmm. and the listeners will have heard us in the same room. Yeah, you will have. And what a and what an episode of what if I th- if I had known beforehand that Waiting for the Sun was the album we were going to be talking about <laughs> in person, I would have yeah picked a different one, gone out of order, gone out of order, or like yeah. had us do maybe two that day or something. It was a real letdown, honestly. Like, I was so excited to record in person, and then about 20 minutes in, it's like, uh, Yeah, maybe we'll uh, skip right, that one. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and we also had a hard out. We had a, we were on time crunch a bit. Right. We, we had an uh, appointment to get to. Mm, true, we had several appointments. Right. Well, I had my dick appointment, and then we had, um, you know, our uh, tattoo appointment which um well uh yeah we did have an appointment like so we were kind of hurrying through as well but uh so maybe it's good because we kept it short <laughs> yeah for that for, shitty album for waiting on yeah. the sun waiting for the sun yeah it was definitely not worth the listen or me going no. to portland to, no. <laughs> to record it mm-hmm. and um you know especially after two really really good albums yeah Although, as we'll talk about today, somehow, everyone in the world, at least in 1967, was excited about it. That so. is shocking to me. Um, so weird. Not quite everyone, but generally. It, it was, was well like regarded. A high point for them in terms of hmm. sales and 
Well, player. Peter, I have a very off-topic question for you. PJ, I would love to answer any questions you've been thinking about, but nothing off the dome. Good. Okay. Well, so you know how people say that they are, like, vegetarian or vegan because they don't want to hurt innocent animals, and, like, you know, they didn't, the animals didn't do anything wrong? Sure. Well, I have a thought about that. Yeah. What if it was like a bad animal or like you cannibalized criminals? Because they have done something wrong because they deserve it. Yeah, they're like a mean cow (laughs) or like a... Those those naughty cows. Yeah, naughty, naughty cows. Just did some bad gore guy. I guess I don't know. Or could we like cannibalize criminals who've done like murders or bad stuff, you know? Is that okay? I would love, I would love to ask a vegan who has that stance, uh, that exact question and go down that thought hole with them. But speaking as a vegan who just did it for, um, um, like ecological reasons, right. That the meat, uh, factory meat farming and, uh, production is really bad for, uh, global warming. I, uh, excuse me, climate change. Oh, thank you for the distinction. Uh, I can't. Yeah. I can't answer that question because I never considered whether the cows were naughty or not. I just like if there right. was even an especially <laughs> good cow, but it was raised so sustainably as to not be impacting the 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 world's like descent into fire and chaos. Then I, I would have no problem eating it, no matter what it did. Well, my thought on it is that is a problem mm-hmm. that could be solved with a single cork. Well, not a single cork. Well, the hole in the ozone layer started because of a bunch of cow flatulence from factory farming. So at cork, you know, so you, you think just... we just plug up the plug up the ozone. No, 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 no. Or cork the cows. Yeah, you cork the cows. One? That's the way to do okay. it. That makes more sense. Yeah. To be honest. Well, I mean, it's weird. I don't know why yeah. one's brain. There's no go. hole in the ozone layer anymore. No, there just is no ozone layer. <laughs> oh, is it's that just what it was? One. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, there no. used to be one. Right. Yeah. No ozone. It was a hole, and then one day, it basically, the whole thing was the hole. <laughs> <laughs> that's what i do anytime i eat a donut is i'm like see the hole in the middle i'm gonna make the whole thing the hole and then i just stuff it all in my mouth and then it's like it's gone just like the ozone layer exactly like the ozone layer and my kids love it they crack up they're like dad my kids love when i get a baker's dozen of donuts and a baker's dozen of donut holes and i shove the donut holes in the donut nice full donut exactly like why they, would you not you know they i won't be getting ripped off steal your goddamn money at those donut places you have to order separately the donuts and the donut holes and then put it back together into the whole donut yourself i don't understand what they're doing and they make you pay twice for it ridiculous you gotta pay for the donuts you gotta pay for the holes (laughs) yeah it's bullshit it is exactly that where well how is it how am i paying extra to get the whole thing that you started with and then cut out like none of it makes any sense and if it's that if both of those are worth so much, then it's like, shouldn't they be selling cast off whole donuts without the holes cut off for like half price because they're so worthless? With their logic, you need the whole. But it's more you know? donut, so I don't. I really don't get it. Yeah, what I mean, and what are they doing with like the rest of the yeah. stuff? You know. You know what's weird is a, a donut place that doesn't sell donut holes because it's like, what, what are they, they doing, doing with it? it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What did they do, man? Do they? I guess they probably put it into a big bucket and then make it into more donuts. Oh yeah, I just but then yeah. How far does that go? You know, because eventually you're going to end up with one hole that won't fit, that can't be made into another donut. And then do you sell that one hole? <laughs> Maybe it's like a sourdough starter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that's the one hole that you got to start. That's right. <laughs> exactly. You need something to get that uh, Man, dough going. I love donuts, PJ. I don't like donuts that much, you know? Really? I Yeah. What's, what's, what's the best, worst donut to you? 
They're all bad. What's the best one? Well, so the reason I don't like donuts is... Um, you just don't like them that much. <laughs> yeah, well, that, but um, they hurt my teeth really bad. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That's wild. And it's the only thing that yeah. hurts my teeth. Like, cake is fine. I've not heard that Cookies as a... Are fine. Um, it's like yeah. only donuts. And I think it might be the hard frosting. Yeah. I think that's Yeah, because it just, like, sticks yes. in your teeth, and it, like, kind of hurts really bad. Yeah. I don't know. What about, oh, well, but I was going to say, what about a filled donut? Because then it's on the inside. But those usually have frosting on them anyway. Uh, so. It's a good point. Then it's just a double dip. Right. Also, everything in there is terrible. Yeah, you don't want that. Yeah. No, I don't want jelly in a donut. What is this, a goddamn sandwich? Maybe that barbarian cream. Boston cream, I think. No, it's barbarian. Wait. It's barbarian I think You think it's barbarian cream? I think it's barbarian well, cream. Well, I know for a yeah. fact it's barbarian yeah, yeah, yeah. cream. So I use barbarian cream on my beard. It's, it works pretty well. Oh, I bet that smells great. I'm getting to the point where I can braid it like a... Like a Viking. Captain... Um, Captain. Um, Blackbeard. Sorry. Oh. Captain Blackbeard. I guess, was he a captain? I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> who gives a shit? Admiral. He's a, <laughs> he's one of those people who I don't know if they're like a real person in history or not, you know? He was a real guy, but I think he basically didn't do any of the stuff he was rumored to. Even. Right. Like, he was a real guy and a real pirate, but he was not nearly as cool as he was supposed to be. Yeah, there are a few people in history like that where I'm like, were they real? George Washington. Yeah, George Washington is one. Abraham Lincoln. That guy, too. I, don't, I just don't believe they existed. Yeah. The Unabomber? Nah. Yeah. Well, the one I'm concerned about is Jimmy Carter. <laughs> There's no way. No. I mean, he was just some guy hanging out in a cabin. Yeah, and then this story gets started that he wants to bomb a... Universities <laughs> and airlines. He's making yeah. bombs. Yeah, Ugh. come on. And if you're going to hide out somewhere, why hide out in Montana? That's the worst place to hide out if you're going to be bombing uh, universities and airlines. Shouldn't he be named the Una Allegedly Bomber? That's I, that's what the A stands for, I think. <laughs> okay, nice. United Nat- National Allegedly Bomber. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, that's right. Uh, well, welcome to the show, everybody. <laughs> you can tell it's been a while since we've talked. So we're just running through every topic under the sun oh. right now. Just is that the last uh, album? Let's go. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's right. So let's go ahead and get to one of our favorite segments. Uh, PJ, I see you taking a sip right now. Let's uh, oh, let's talk yeah. about our Roadhouse brews. is this song is this song off the next album we're doing morrisine hotel yeah yeah it's on morrisine hotel interesting all right anyway uh pj what do you drink what's your roadhouse brew of choice today well i'm drinking a refreshing corona extra light cerveza no extra what is the what's the extra part because okay so it's corona Shouldn't it be Corona, Corona Light, and then Corona Extra is more calories <laughs> for no reason? It's the same beer. Yeah, it they just add the same. more. It's like pig fat that they add to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always think it's weird when people specify a Corona Extra or a Coors Banquet because to me that's just Corona and Coors. Right. Yeah. I think it's yeah. Well, because you know, there's not a regular. It's because you know? there's no plain Coors. I well, believe, Coors Banquet right? is plain Coors. It's you know the beer that I call yeah. Coors. You know, right. I I don't know, but it's. I just don't like when people specify because there's not a middle course. That's weird. You know, it's just I don't know. There's course. It's kind of like Miller, where there's no regular Miller anymore. Well, it's just high life light. But then there's and then um, 
Well, there's Miller Genuine yeah, Draft, genuine but I draft. never see it. No, that's their like normal one. And is that regular Miller? Yeah, okay. there's Miller Miller High Life. And... I don't think I've ever seen Genuine Draft, though. I know it exists, or at least I've heard tell of it. Well, but... why would you drink a Miller Genuine Draft when you can drink a Miller High Life and get the champagne of beers, Peter? Right, exactly. Okay, so there is a Miller. It is a little weird, though, like, given... Budweiser's prominence. Oh, and it is prominent, for sure. Why are these other companies not competing directly? You know, it's a little weird. I always think it's funny when I see that thing that's like Budweiser's the number one beer in America, you know? Sure. Um, And I never see anybody buying it or drinking it. Yeah, regular Bud you never see. I would believe that Bud Light is the most drunk beer yeah, in the U.S. Or Bud for sure. Lime. But regular Budweiser, I agree, is a, it's few and far between. It's a weird it's, beer to buy. It's everywhere, but I never actually see people drinking it. Yeah, I mean... That is strange. No. It's not a bad one, though. No, it's awful. As far as... It's terrible. It's the worst. <laughs> it's about the same as all the others. Oh, no, it's not. So, PJ, for your Corona Extra there, are you a, li- are you a lime oh, guy on a of Corona? Of course I'm a lime guy because I'm not a sociopath, you know? I slice it up real sure. nice and thin. You don't do the whole lime? <laughs> <laughs> well, I tried, but it got really messy. Just, yeah. All right, so you slice it up. <laughs> yeah, so I slice it up real oh, okay. thin, and then I do that thing where I put it in the bottle, and I put my thumb in it, and I make it go to the bottom. Whoa. Yeah. It's also fancy. terrible without a lime. It's god-awful. Yeah. yeah, which just means it's still a trash beer. Well, no, with a lime, it's good. I don't know. I feel like beer is one of those things that I just don't feel like you should have to add anything to. I think you're probably not but... wrong. Uh, I think you're right for the most part. Like, I don't like fruit in my beers. Right. I don't like fruity beers. No. Or, like, I'll always order a Blue Moon with no orange. Yes. Because that's the only way to drink it. Um, but, you know, like, a lime and a Corona makes it so good. It does, yeah. It's, like, so refreshing on a hot day. It's very nice. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, like, a terrible beer without the lime. No, know? it comes skunked from the factory. <laughs> Yeah, That's why these balls. It's, the, it's the world's only pre-skunked beer. It's not good. Yeah. Um, but it is yeah. great with a lime. Not good. It's great. great. It's not good. It's great. Exactly. So they should use that. That's pretty good. Corona with a lime. It's not good. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, Pete, what are you drinking uh, over there? Es, es no bueno. Es muy bueno. <laughs> what are you? <laughs> Uh, so today I'm drinking, I don't know if listeners can tell, I got a little something in my throat. I'm feeling a little under the weather, so no alcohol for me today. I'm, uh... Well, and for the first time in its life, it's not a dick in his throat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drinking a, uh, a Polar Premium Seltzer. Ooh. Uh, orange vanilla flavored, which, yes, if you were wondering, it does taste exactly like a creamsicle, so... And is, I like that at the beginning of the show, I guessed what you were drinking, um... And I guess the exact brand of it, which I'm impressed with. Mm-hmm. It's, is that better than most? I've, look, I'll say I'm a brand loyalist when it comes to certain things, basically if the brand is very good. And Polar does have the best seltzer water, so it's the one I drink the most. So it's better than most. Better yeah. than La Croix. <laughs> yeah, it's La Croix's the worst one by a lot. It's just the one that started it. So That makes sense. Get some credit, Everybody's but. just improved on their invention. Yeah, basically. Yeah, there you go. Although Polar claims to have existed since 1882, but it's like, Ooh. were you making seltzer water in 1882? That's back when people made their own seltzer water with that little thing at the bar that would like go over. A soda stream. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they would just do the soda Pop stream. Pop it in there so. and call it good. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's something that's from like Massachusetts that this place is. The sparkling uh, capital water of the world, of course. Yeah. Worcester, Mass. Ah. Crafted under the authority of Polar Beverages in Worcester, Mass. Incredible. 
American-made. Now, Pete, do you ever put that and um, some milk and um, wow, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of what's in an egg cream, and I have no idea what the other ingredients I don't know. are. No, uh, chocolate syrup, right? <laughs> oh yeah, I'm Isn't sure there's something in chocolate it? in there. Maybe there's ice cream or something, but then you top it off with the and then like carbonated. Yeah, and you top it off with the soda water. There's no eggs in it yeah. though. Which is fascinating. Why is it it's called wild. that? So, know. PJ, this is this is really nice uh, company history here from Polar oh, Seltzer. I want to um, hear it. <laughs> our family has been making seltzer since 1882 when our great-great-grandfather created the best-tasting recipe with only three ingredients. Do you want to guess oh, what they are? Oh, yes. One of I... them is not an ingredient, by the way. Okay. Well, my guess is water. <laughs> yes. And bubbles? You got two. Okay. <laughs> now, this third one is really going to throw you. Oh, no. Uh, love. It's love. Yeah, it, it close. Just great taste. <laughs> it's not an ingredient, man. You can't do that. Also, I hesitate to even call bubbles an ingredient no, because it's like not. you don't just add bubbles to it. It goes through the carbonation process. They're really dumbing down, you know, the system here. Yeah, there's more science so, that goes into it than that. I think they're it's really fucking wild. Yeah, downplaying their grandfather's. Oh, I'm supposed to recycle both bottle and cap. Oh, usually you're supposed to take the cap off of it. I think that was a Montana specific thing or just certain places specific thing. But I have wondered that since living here because huh. in foggy old San Francisco town, you could recycle pretty much anything. So I just assumed right. cap's fine. But then in um, foggy old Portland town, um, the, you can't recycle quite as much. The recycling isn't quite up to par, I would say. So, Interesting. But that's that's good to know that according to... Polar seltzer. I should be recycling both bottle and cap. Usually, I recycle the cap and then just throw the bottle at a bird. Well, that's what, that's what Jim Morrison would do on the roof. If there's a seagull trying to get at his beans, he huck a polar bottle at it. Exactly. Yeah. He used. You know, he was Polar Seltzer's first. <laughs> <laughs> the commercial. Okay, the commercial opens with a vista from a rooftop in the beach. The sun is coming up. It's a beautiful morning. <sighs> You see, you pan, the camera pans to a lone seagull sitting on the edge of the roof, picking at a, at a tipped over can of beans and a couple <laughs> beans spilling out, and then a bottle crash breaks right next to it and it squawks and flies away. The camera turns around and pans up, and you see Jim Morrison <laughs> with his dick out, with his dick standing, out, standing, yeah, dick out, standing in front of his um, his pool his pool chair that he sleeps on, with. <laughs> A stack of papers and a stack of bean, cans of beans behind him, shell and bottle in his hand. And he says, I'm Jim Morrison, <laughs> lead singer and songwriter for The Doors. And I use Polar Seltzer. And Polar Seltzer keeps me hydrated up here on the roof, and it keeps my beans protected from birds. Polar, it's it's not good. It's, it's great. great. <laughs> and, then it, and then it cuts. You know, that must be... Like, I've seen Mad Men, but that must be what, like, an actual pitch on Madison Avenue yes. was like. Uh, it was wonderful to watch. Yeah, they would have, I mean, yes, that would have been the initial pitch, and then they would have been like, perfect. That is perfect. We'll just see if we can get Jim. Yeah. They, uh, and then, you know, goes from there. I mean, it might be hard to get Morrison to sell yeah. out. He's very anti-selling out. That's right, man. <laughs> uh, so, that has been Roadhouse Brews. Yes. Oh. Well, yeah. Ooh.
start now. Um, I really like this song as our listener mail song because the uh, trumpets make it sound like we have a an announcement to make or something. Listen to our mail. <laughs> I, that's a yeah, that's a new one. Love it. <sighs> Jesus fucking Christ. <sighs> You're the devil. I. Ugh. <sighs> what if? What if one day I forget to bleep out the password and somebody logs into our account? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. That, that's where all of my OnlyFans receipts go. I don't know. I don't know. How could I? Listener mail? The Rolling Stones. Any of them. Yeah, pretty much. We're desperate at this point. It's just anything is good. Unless you know us in real life. Interesting. All right. That's a fair rule, I think. Yeah. Uh, nostalgia entertainment system. NES rule, yeah. It's like Miranda's. Right. Texas? Austin, Texas? The Lone Star. I want to dox him. I want to dox him bad. Ooh. Oh, very Texas, yeah. Oh, I would assume so, yeah. Haha, <laughs> nice. I guess, yeah. <laughs> he fucked us? I remember only fucking him once. <laughs> yeah, what the hell, dude? Yeah, we, we're more than a two-trick pony. Not going to take long. Yeah. That is strange. Who's who's just finding us, you know? Who's not subscribed? I'm pretty sure, yeah, Austin just, like, is aware of us, and he's having a... He's taking the piss. Oh, that As the Rolling Stones would say. Ooh, foggy little um, I am still annoyed you guys never did a review on That's Why God Made the Radio. Uh, okay, that dead horse coming back yeah, up again Jesus for us Christ. to beat. Nobody wants to look um, And also... Well, and this is a different guy than before. Yeah, I mean, we can double check. I forget because the other person emailed so long ago. That was, it was Nathan. That wasn't Austin, not, right? Yeah, I'm it was pretty Nathan. sure that was Nathan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. 
I just wanted to check just in case. Yeah, um, for sure. I'm pretty certain about it. So, sorry, Gmail is <laughs> being a little slow. Uh, that's our we're, our our storage is actually almost full just from fan letters. Oh so. no. Um, yeah, we only. I'm still the annoyed, good you guys. Put them on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The cream of the cream crop. Of the crop. <laughs> I'm still annoyed, you guys. Never did a review on that's why God made the radio, and also how you never even acknowledged the Beach Boys' amazing album from 1996, Stars and Stripes Volume One. Oh. But whatever. Wow. Uh, I must say that last one is a for sure 10 of 10. Well, I hope you get this message and have a nice day, PJ and Pete. Sayonara, Austin. Not very Texas. Yeah. Oh, and then way down, he hit enter about 20 times for the PS. Also, half of the light album rules. Which half? Which buddy? half? Yeah. <laughs> is he picking and choosing a half? Jesus. Like, or is like an A side or B side good, you know? <laughs> yeah. Because that's crazy. Because light album was bad. Um, Stars and Stripes Forever is a compilation album, though. I'm pretty sure. Um, One second. The tracks include Don't Worry Baby, Little Disco 409, be, yeah. Long, Long Tall Texan, I Get Around, Be True to Your School, Fun, 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 Help Me Round to the Warmth of the Sun, Sloop John B, I Can Hear Music, Caroline, No. Wait, no, but is it them re-recording them, or is it just the old songs? I don't know. Maybe they re-recorded it. I don't know. Stars and Stripes is a collaborative album between the Beach Boys and various country acts. What? Um... Okay, oh. well, I hate to say this, Austin, but I kind of do regret not doing this yeah, now. Oh, yeah, I think we should have, maybe. Uh, should we do the one with Junior Brown or with Toby Keith? Toby Keith all the way, baby. All right, it's Be True to Your School. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, this is going to fucking rule. All right, we're Austin, you got us. We're yeah, reviewing give, it right now. Give me on one air, second. Buddy. This is the Stars and Stripes Volume 1 mini episode in the middle of the soft parade. I cannot find this on Spotify. I don't know why it's... Yeah, that that's going to be a YouTube situation, I assume. Yeah, it's YouTube for sure. Well, didn't we know Maybe when we Vimeo. did their final album, like the last four or five albums they did never made it on Spotify? Oh. Or like they never, they never revived. It's only still available yeah. on CDs. Maybe you're right. Yeah. Oh, I got it. Okay. Wow. This is incredible. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, this is so stupid. Why Toby Keith? <laughs> oh, my God. This is... This is really incredible. We should have covered this album, dude. <laughs> um, it's a good question. I don't know what to. Uh... One out of ten. <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. One for sure. <laughs> incredible. I I think I saw it, but like you just did, I think. Like in the discography, when I was skipping by it, I think I just looked at the track listing, did not realize what it was, right, and just thought it was them re-recording their old hits, like straight up, and so did not Which did not care, bad. or thought it was a uh, compilation of their old hits, right, of the old recordings. You know? That's what it looks so, like. I mean, um, 
Yeah, it's uh, you know what? For the first time in the history of the show, I will admit, I think we were wrong we to were not wrong. do Stars yeah. and Stripes Volume One. However, but we will not apologize for God me three. Yes, however, we never go backwards never. in the show. That's we only not move we forwards. Do. We will never onwards and upwards. We will and never. And that's why we only uh, have been never doing go back and correct a mistake chronologically. Um, no mistakes there. We're doing an order of how they died. Yes, exactly. Well, we've made zero mistakes so far. PJ. Oh, zero. Everything we've done and said has been on the money. Perfect. Exactly. So, wow. It's also just one of the worst album covers I've really ever oh, seen. It's really, really, really bad. It's is it supposed to be a like a desk? I don't know. Or is it know. supposed to be like the the Constitution? Because like, okay, Combo? so it's I don't know. It's a CD, you know, a square album cover, obviously. Yeah, usually. But then there's the stripe down the left side that has, like, the featuring all the country artists that that looks, it's, like, in cursive on, like, parchment-y stuff. Like, it's supposed to be, yeah, like, the Constitution or something. Yeah. And then the rest of it is, like, a wood frame and then a picture of an old building with a number one and then an American flag and then it says Stars and Stripes. And also you got to think number or volume one means they meant to do more at some point, which is even (laughs) crazier. Well, maybe it's like, you know how um, some reporter asked, I think, um, Al Jardine, uh, why they named it Pet Sounds. And he said, well, we couldn't name it Shut Down Volume 3, (laughs) which is is really funny. but maybe it was that situation where there was never actually shut down volume one. Yeah. So they were like making up for it by making a stars and stripes volume one and maybe not doing it. But I really hope God damn. they wanted to make more than one of these. They thought this was going to be a good. Apparently, idea. uh, Matt Jardine, I assume brother his son. It's his son. Yeah. Oh, son of Al Jardine, yeah. uh, sings the second verse lead vocals on their version of Sloop John B here. Yeah. So he tours with them. Um, because Mike Love tours as Beach Boys and Brian tours as yeah, um, and then Alan Brian, Alan Brian yeah. are just Brian Wilson usually. Okay, yeah, I think yeah. Well, um, his son Matt also sings with them when mm-hmm. they tour. So, gotcha. Be weird if it was his brother. It would be weird. Well, all right, that's that. <laughs> so we've re- <laughs> now we've reviewed and and uh, rated. You're welcome. Um, Stars and Stripes Volume One. So get off our dicks, Austin, or stay on. And. Uh, I went ahead and shot Austin a quick note to see which half of the light album A B or is it just a, uh, any yeah, his random half of the song. So if he yeah. gets back, we'll we'll come back to listener mail if he gets back to Perfect, us. Perfect. Yeah, I've got because oh, I'm gonna go ahead and reveal here. I'm gonna put Austin. Um, I'll put him on blast. Go ahead and yeah, do it. Uh, Austin emailed back what I can only describe as ridiculously fast after I responded to him while I was so waiting quick. for PJ to jump on the episode yep. here. And uh, it's a uh, little thirsty, Austin. Little too, little, like just a little too. Little yeah, quick, yeah. Got to hold know, back. Especially, a bit. it's an email. If it's a yeah. text, you can you can text back pretty fast. Yeah. But an email, man, you got to let that sit. Leave for a something while. to the imagination. You can't just be admitting you're sitting at your computer waiting for an email to come in like it's 1998. Jesus, yeah. Jesus, fucking. Christ. All right. Well, that has been Listener, Listener Mail. Mail. Only imagine he's... Email, deleting it all, writing it again, deleting it all, you know. Yeah, well, he's nervous because he criticized us for, you know, we got no criticism for hating L.A., yeah. Hehehehe. <laughs>
I mean, they were not good albums. They were very bad. Oh, yeah, I mean, segment heavy up top, but I want to get into this new one, Pete. I'm, it's a surprise. No, I want to, I want to be more surprised. Coming back. Oh, what the fuck? It's back! <laughs> this is so exciting, Peter. I'm so happy. I know. It's incredible. Oh, man. Well, PJ, have I, I got a know. tale for you, my man. Sirius XM, look, the, the satellite is beaming back directly into our car. And I and, uh, couldn't be happier. It was, a, it was a whole goddamn thing, man. Yeah, I mean, it sound, you canceled it. So, PJ... So. As listeners know, the tale of Sirius XM and <laughs> Pete and his yeah. wife's <laughs> journey with it is well, well-trodden territory at this point. So I'll just go ahead and skip to the present. Okay, perfect. We got a letter in the mail. Sirius XM was so desperate for our business <laughs> that they said, look, we know you canceled like six months ago, but what if we gave you the ch- cheapest deal of all time oh. to come back as Sirius XM nice. customers? Yeah. And we said, sure, why the fuck not? Yeah, Pete, I want to get down to it. I want to talk numbers. Let's talk numbers. Yeah. So to be fair, I do not remember exactly how much we were paying before. It, I think okay. it's the same amount we were paying before. Okay, okay. Which is five dollars a month for Sirius XM. Damn, I wish I could get that in my nineteen ninety nine Ford Ranger. <laughs> well, you can install a fancy radio. Eh, sounds hard. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So I know, pretty good. It's like the only price I'm comfortable with it, honestly. Anymore, and it starts to be a little ridiculous. Yeah, but especially because we're not driving that much anymore. So anyway, yeah, that's a fair point. I mean, so got or as much as we used to. We used to do more. Well, yeah, you used to drive a taxi, so it was you were in all the time. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So we signed up again, all excited, get in the car, nice. hit that Sirius XM button, waiting for 60s on six to show back up, and and cock blocked uh, no reception or what it wouldn't it no it wouldn't connect oh what? and so i had to call support and they were like yeah, yeah we don't offer that deal and i said <laughs> yeah you sent me a letter that you offer that deal and they said oh well we don't offer that deal but we offer another deal that's the exact same price but we give you a free amazon uh, uh kindle dot echo dot <laughs> <laughs> what and i said okay I don't want the Echo Dot. And they're like, yeah, you don't, we just won't send it to you. And I said, okay, so what's the problem? And they're like, well, we'll just transfer the thing. And I said, okay. <laughs> sounds like, like there's no problem, like, actually. Yeah, easier Seems for like them. this could have been easier. Exactly. Instead of me yeah. having to call you for you to tell me it's the exact same deal. Yeah. Well, and don't worry. They just really anyway, need you to send that. So then yeah. we get SiriusXM in the car. <laughs> I go back into the car to actually run whatever errand I was going to run. 60s on 6 is goddamn gone, PJ. They replaced Channel 6. So first of all, all right, let's be real here. It was a travesty when they made, when they took away 40s on 4 and 50s on 5, you know? Oh, But at least, at least, and they relegated them to the back of the day, like Channel 98, 50s on, 50s on 98. Come on. That doesn't make any sense. 50s need to be on 5. But at least we still had 60s on 6, 70s on 7, 80s on 8, 90s on 9. Oh, perfect. That's it. 
Yeah. So <laughs> you can't really go further. It, yeah. it, it, it's tough because they can't skip the OOs to put the tens on ten. The, but yeah. Regardless, do you want to guess what they replaced sixties on six with? <sighs> I do. Just it was to me. This might be a yeah. more popular channel than I realized, but it seemed like okay. a slap in the goddamn face. Well, my guess is. I know you like hip-hop, but most people who listen to 60s on 6 would think that putting hip-hop on it would be a slap in the face. Oh, yeah. You know, I think that makes sense, but I'm Mm -hmm. sure I'm wrong. It's basically the antithesis of the 60s music. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, nothing in common. PJ, they replaced it with Coffee House. (laughs) (laughs) That is a slap in the face. Which really just amazes me that coffee house was that popular where they yeah I, i'm not even saying 60s on six is more popular than popular than coffee yeah. house but like those I mean, top 10 spots on the dial are prime real estate for Sirius. and so the yeah. fact that coffee house was that popular was number yes they were six. like let's throw it all the way up there the only people listening to that are like businesses yeah see then that's you a know? good one too because like, yeah coffee, coffee house probably is one of the more popular ones to play inside your business for sure yeah i mean so particularly coffee shops it, uh, pj almost exclusively almost, coffee yeah. houses play coffee like house. a cool yeah. brewery you know uh, and then there's that one asshole one that just plays the dave matthews band radio <laughs> um well you in portland so that's most of them so yeah so 60s relegated to the back of the dial with 50s on bummer and now it's just 50s gold and 60s gold that is so sad yeah it's sadness i'm I'm very sad for you peter it's not good what's the new number do you know oh i don't know the exact number i got it it's somewhere in the 70s or 80s now but it's not like 60 it could be 60 right i know it should be channel 60 or like even channel 66 but yeah well that's, that's okay. too many sixes 60s yeah sixties. 60s on 66 yeah too many yeah that's yeah that's true 60s on 60 that's yeah still kind of a mouthful but at least you mm, know still good though it's at least logical right you can't throw it in the fucking se- <laughs> if it's on 70 that'd be crazy it's 60s on 70 and then yeah. you just get all those assholes who have their decade theories coming out of the woodwork <laughs> <laughs> so oh, it's yeah. actually still the 60s yeah well anyway. like the 60s were like 65 through 75 and then the 70s were like 75 through 85 if you're talking about music exactly Shall, PJ, exactly uh so sirius xm back on the dial barely listen to it <laughs> just barely well, probably because they it. changed your favorite station no, yeah i know it's for some reason or another but yeah that's i mean right. but you turned down a free uh echo uh dot or whatever yeah, I didn't need that in my house at all. Well, I mean, you could have given it away as a gift or something to, like, a weird family member. That's – you know what, PJ? That's very true. I we know. did for Christmas a couple years ago. Boy, was it a Hulu thing where when you subscribed to Hulu, you got, like, a free like Amazon a thing or a oh. free Google Home? It was something oh, like that yeah. where we got, like, three of them for some reason, and we did well, give them away as Christmas too. gifts too members of shelby's family who were interested in them well, it's, yeah that's the or right thing to do would use a smart speaker yeah yeah i mean they, they brought it on themselves they shouldn't have changed your station my guy Sixty-eight, as we've talked about the doors <laughs> broke on through. <laughs> um, to the other side. They are, you know, initially popular, but sort of niche, you know, sort of just in the psychedelic world, right. not a yeah. like pop outfit exactly. 
Um, but Waiting for the Sun and Hello, I Love You's popularity brought them into that pop world where they started selling out arena shows. Okay. Getting pop radio airplay um, that had previously eluded them, things like that. They finally, as we talked about in the last episode, uh, got popular in the UK, which uh, you know they were all desperate for. Um, Who isn't? But had eluded them up to that point. So they went on a tour in Europe in summer of '68 with Jefferson Airplane. What a show! <laughs> And yeah, if you want to see two probably very boring bands, like that's really one. That is really one where you check the uh, the set list before you go. Oh, for sure, yeah. (laughs) Is this worth going? Or that's when you have to like you can't be invite a friend to go. You have to like want to go. No, you know that's gonna alienate you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So and but uh, this meant though by the time they got back into the studio for the next album. Again, because they'd been touring so much, this is what happened with Waiting for the Sun. They did not have any songs, any new songs written. Uh, right. So they kind of were starting at zero again, like from Waiting yeah. for the Sun. The well is dry. And if you remember, Waiting for the Sun had some outtakes from older albums and like yeah. had the last couple like rooftop poem songs. Yeah, right, right. Soft Parade's got nothing. They are, the well is completely dry. So okay. they are purely writing in the studio uh this time around yeah well i bet you're disappointed there's no more of that poetry on the album yeah i do um so jim through all of this time period has become more and more erratic and dependent on alcohol of course um yeah who isn't yeah he's feeling less connected to the music and the band and has gotten more into his poetry and other pursuits (laughs) other artistic pursuits of course he is um he's dealing with a lot of anxiety and is seriously considering leaving the band okay uh at this time but ray convinces him to at least finish this next album before he leaves yeah. like, going into the studio just stick around for one more gym we, we need to get his little pay pig you know look buddy if you left we'd be nothing no one would give a shit about us we would make zero dollars yeah. um so they convene this time at a new studio they've left sunset sound a brand new oh brand newly built that's not a sentence brand brand, the freshly built (laughs) electra sound (laughs) in la okay uh and paul shows up with a mission a game plan paul rothschild wants them to take their sound in a different direction okay um he wants them to be fuller a little more uh, poppy for the time although now we would call it more artsy yeah um with more orchestras and horns and, you know, multi-track layering and all this kind of stuff. Ah, uh, production. Uh, in their music. Yeah. Um, Rothschild, uh, I don't think connected, but has also started using cocaine. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I don't know if they're doing So he's coming in very manically telling them to do all this, I guess. Yeah. Huh. Um, he's taking a lot of weird breaks. Uh, anyway. So Ray, uh, Bobby, and John Densmore are all into it. Bobby? Um, Robbie. I yeah. wrote that wrong. Okay. <laughs> I was like, who's Bobby? Yeah, I was really yeah, I was confused trying to remember if that was someone's nickname or not. Huh. Ray, Robbie, and John Densmore, the drummer, are all cool with it. Yeah. Jim of is very much not. 
<laughs> of course he's not. Yeah. No. Yeah. You, why would so, he be? At this, you know, it, it's a point where I, I just get the vibe that Jim is being just a, a a contradictory yeah. just to be, you know. That's his artistic stance at this point is whatever you want me to do, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's like his whole thing so, is anti-establishment. Yeah, who would have thought, yeah, who would have thought that growing up in a military family and then being estranged from his dad because he went to art school would make him feel <laughs> like he should rebel against the world. It's really odd. I never would have thought that. One. Yeah, it's it's a strange thought yeah um so uh, just like i think their last maybe three album recordings this was kind of fraught (laughs) i think every time they go into the studio there's some problems they just hate the studio so jim's not happy with the new sound he's not working with the other band members really to write songs they're working very separately yeah okay um paul rothschild uh apparently has become or is uh is like pushing his perfectionism on the band in a way where they're not into it, especially Jim is like, right. you know, one take and I'm done. Why are you trying to tell me I'm not doing good enough? Um, <laughs> yeah. Again, Paul's on cocaine the whole time. Um, so Jim right. is just really disconnected. Well, to be to be fair, what producer at this time like isn't doing so much cocaine besides like, a, you know, George Martin question, or somebody, yeah. you know? Um, so Jim is really disconnected during this whole process. And another one of the, um, guys in this studio, another one of the like production team had an interesting quote saying it was like pulling teeth to get Jim into it. It was bizarre. The hardest I ever worked as a producer. So, um, yeah, that's not surprising though. (laughs) Yeah. That kind of seems like it'd be it generally, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's like his whole, I guess once, I guess when they're putting those poems into music, he's really excited. Oh yeah. (laughs) So Paul brought in the orchestra, some jazz horn players, uh, hired a couple of session bass guys and got them working on their more refined rock sound. So Robbie Krieger, is very into it, works very hard to write his songs to incorporate this. Yeah, good for him. Um, we will get to it in the track by track, and it explains a lot in the track by track. Yeah, it does. But Jim actively ignores it and refuses to have that stuff on his songs. And interestingly, they don't even add them later. Like, I feel like... Yeah, you would think that they would add them... You, you know, know by like yeah. 1970, we get famous stories of like Phil Spector just adding strings to shit yeah after the fact where like if paul was this insistent on it you'd think he would just be like okay jim's gone today let's add some strings to these songs but phil Spector is also notoriously like a dick true yeah yeah Yeah. so so um anyway so it, it just it ends up being an album of half this new sound and half the quote unquote old Doors sound yeah. or you know jim morrison's Doors sound so the morrison um, sound to continue this uh dichotomy uh jim also insists that this is the first album they're going to put individual songwriting credits on the back instead of just crediting everything to the doors oh weird um yeah it, that apparently flared up because he didn't like some of robbie krieger's lyrics yeah. and didn't want to sing them and said don't credit me for this shit <laughs> So this is, we'll get to it again in our next segment, uh, the Rolling Stone review, but um, he, yeah, this is the first one where outside, uh, you know, critics and listeners got to actually know who was writing songs and stuff. Um, That's interesting. Or at least it was more com- or yeah, more obvious. Yeah. I guess on like 45s and stuff, they usually say who the, the songwriter is. Like on Light My Fire, it just would have said Krieger or would it have said The Doors? I don't know. I think it would have said the doors. I think they were billed as the whole band, you know, as the writers. Gotcha. So it just would have said the doors. I think it would have just said the doors, not like Krieger or anything, you know? So, so, but they do 
finish recording whatever this album will end up sounding like and they head back out on the road never stops and now we get to potentially aside from the lead singer dying (laughs) we get to potentially the most famous story in doors in the in the doors history okay so they're on tour and they end up in Florida on March the 1st. Florida's rough this, for Jim Morrison. We know that much. Look, it's the thing the Doors are most famous for. It's the thing Florida's, Florida's most yeah. famous for. Let's get to it, folks. Oh, I want to. So they're playing a show at this place called Dinner Key Auditorium, which okay. was a former seaplane hangar. Very <laughs> <Awesome>. cool. <laughs> Did they like put tile on the water? I don't I don't know what a seaplane do they take the seaplanes <laughs> yeah. out of the water, I guess, to Yeah, they just them? floated tile on it. It's just picturing yeah, I was just picturing like a you know, a lean to over some water where they would yeah. park the seaplanes. But just inner tubes. Anyway, I don't know. Former seaplane hangar that was converted into an arena for some reason. Very Who odd knows? choice. This is the 60s. Um the capacity was 7,000 people. The promoter removed all the chairs so that they could pack more people in, and they okay. got 12,000 people inside that thing. Whoa. So it was yeah, jam-packed, packed almost twice as full as it's supposed to be. My God. Every great concert story that mm-hmm. turns out really good and nice starts out with them wanting to add more people we in. We can fit several, like not even another thousand, several no. thousand more people. Almost double, yeah. Truly wild. That is crazy. Uh, so... The show's supposed to be starting. Jim that day missed his connecting flight and arrived an hour late, wasted out of his mind. Well, of course. course. If you miss a flight, you're just getting drunk at the airport bar. What do you do? Yeah. Yeah. He's only human. So, exactly. Exactly. So, they have 12,000 people mad that this show is starting late. They have a lead singer showing up late, drunk, hates the band he's in, wants to quit. So Jim good, good runs out on stage and is he realizes this is the perfect opportunity to try out a new stage persona. Oh, Mr. Pulls his dick out or that was inspired by an experimental theater act he saw in New York where their whole thing was that they were like antagonistic towards the audience, <laughs> which really blew his mind at the time. <laughs> And so he thought, what if I did something like that? Yeah, he had just visited Dick's Last Resort. Yes, exactly. Experimental <laughs> theater. There's this restaurant, man. Oh, man, they, they say mean stuff to <laughs> They're you. They're so mean. Oh, every so, dad and me loves it. Here's some quotes of things that Jim oh, said please. during the concert. <laughs> I need it. This is almost, by the way, I just want to. Yeah. This is almost as good as The Roof for, for me personally. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm really into all this. I'm having I'm, to take a lot of breaks. I'm excited. Okay, so first of all, I I do, while I'm looking at Wikipedia, I forgot to write this in my notes, but I, I hate the person who wrote the, the Jim Morrison, or people who wrote the Jim Morrison Wikipedia page, because yeah. we've talked about the many reasons before, but right. here's one more reason, is that they, this sentence exists on this Wikipedia page. By early 1969, the formerly svelte singer had gained weight, grown a beard, and begun dressing more casually, abandoning the leather pants and concho belts for slacks, jeans, and t-shirts. <laughs> yeah, it's casual leather pants. Yeah. I have many I have many problems with this. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, just like them repeatedly pointing out that he was proud of his like Irish heritage or whatever, yeah. it does not matter that... <laughs> He was formerly svelte. svelte. Yeah. Also, like I know it was kind of his thing that he was like good looking, and I guess to a lot of people, skinniness is part of that. Yeah. But Jim Morrison, look, J- 
Jim Morrison was a pretty skinny guy. I think by the time he what? dies, he does get fairly large. Yeah. But we just did a podcast on the Beach Boys, which is maybe the most <laughs> radical transformation in terms of someone like gaining weight in like two or three years. Yeah. So looking at pictures of Jim Morrison in like 1970 compared to from their debut. Right. It just looks like he got older by right. a few He's years. Right. He's not and much his metabolism bigger slowed, at all. You know what I mean? Yeah, like he does not look. he got a beard. Yeah. He does not look insanely. He doesn't look fat or anything. He no. just looks like he's kind more of, a, of a old grown man. Yeah. Like a normal dude. It's so weird. Yeah. People are like really obsessed with like fat jim morrison you know well it reminds me i'll say this then it reminds me of the john lennon yoko ono interview the album cover there where they were naked he had some quote about like yeah you know it was kind of a fun thing but i just i regret it because we were really overweight and then you look at the photo (laughs) and i guess by like 2020 standards you're like you're not skinny as shit yeah you can yeah like skinny i guess he just means that you can't see his bones (laughs) like (laughs) his ribs are. he was like yeah we were doing a lot of drugs i was just overweight at that point and it's like okay buddy you were (laughs) like five pounds more than yeah very skinny that is wild (laughs) I was watching a clip of, uh, like, some Beatles thing. I think it was from uh, Get Back. Yeah. And the top comment was, I guess everyone is skinny in the 60s. Well, that is very true. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, I much. mean, not everybody, obviously, but people were generally skinnier, for but, sure. But for the most part, yeah, they're all, like, teeny tiny little guys, you know? You know, when all you eat is marmalade and toast. <laughs> there's there's a, an interview with Jim Morrison where he talks about, like, being a fat guy after he's gained weight. Um, and we should listen to it. Are you hungry? Why do you ask that? Well, maybe uh, we could order out for some sandwiches <laughs> or some chicken delight or something. Chicken delight? What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Are you hungry? Um, I guess this is like an hour interview. We've been here for ten minutes, Jim. You're not hungry? Right. How about you? Are you hungry? <laughs> oh, it's lunchtime. What, did you have breakfast this yeah. morning? You good? What'd you have? Oh, little things like chocolate cake and tea. What? what? Is that all you had? Yeah. <laughs> hey, you should chocolate eat more, cake. That's bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> you put on a lot of weight eating a lot. Jesus. <laughs> well, um, you know, that's something that's, that really bothers me. What's wrong with being fat? <laughs> That's what I want to know. Why is there such... I didn't say there was anything wrong with it. Why is it so onerous to be fat? Onerous. Um, He's very ahead of his time. I don't see anything wrong with fat. You know? I mean, I remember when I used to weigh 185 pounds. I'm, I'm the same height. It's not that much. The same height that I am now. How tall was he? Like six one, six two. He's kind of a tall guy, I think. And I had this yeah, I'm like 185 is not insanely skinny, I guess. Food no. is mainly all based on starch. That's cheap food, right? And so I don't know what it was, but maybe he's taller order, than that. I don't really I know. know. I just felt like I was. If you missed your meal, you just you know. I just figured, well, I was getting screwed. No, we can't right? be taller than that. Meal, I just blew it. I'd get up at 6.30 every morning just to make breakfast. Outrageous. <laughs> Eggs and grits and sausages and toast. So you're just going to keep going nope. through it. Yeah. Then I'd go do a few classes. And I'd 
making in there for lunch. <laughs> yes, Jim, this is just how meals work, buddy. <laughs> it's a middle of the day meal, yeah? You know, every now and then they put a Have you heard of lunch? I made it for lunch. <laughs> and I'd go to a few more classes and then I'd go to dinner. Is Jim from the world of the Lord of the Rings where he's trying to explain how actually there's only three yeah. meals in a day and I know this is weird to yeah, you. Yeah, instead of like 11 or some shit. I'm so with you. About three months later, I was 185 pounds. And you know what? Oh. So oh, so he's saying that's what he got too. Yeah. Got I thought was... he was saying that's his skinny days and I was like, wow, all right. Yeah, that's him at his biggest is 185. A large mammal. A big beast. A big beast. Move wow. through the corridors or across the lawn. I just feel like uh, I could knock anybody out of my way. You know? <laughs> I was solid. You know? I could knock anybody over. It's terrible to be thin and wispy because you know you could you could get knocked over by a, st- a strong wind or something. You know? That is beautiful. All right, from the mouth of Jim himself. Yeah. So even weirder that the, uh, you know, the person writing this would have had, uh, I mean, uh, look, they're not saying they had a problem. Yeah. It's just, yeah. I think it's funny anyway. that him and his biggest was, he was like, oh, I could knock people over. And I was like a big mammal at 185. Yeah. That's like a very average weight for a guy, his height. And I think, you know, I think he was like 6'1", 6'2". Yeah, know? I'd say. Pretty ab- average, I think. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he's ridiculous. Um, so, and then my other problem with this sentence is the second half of apparently leather pants are not casual. <laughs> like, <laughs> leather pants seem like the pinnacle of fashion. Yeah, yeah. And then abandoning those for, and then the first thing is slacks, which it's like, that's <laughs> definitely not. I mean, I get that in the 60s they had slightly different definitions right. of casual, but yeah. come on. Anyway, so somehow thought that was worth sharing. All right, so back to. The Dinner Key Auditorium. Ah, back to it. All right. So the crowd is going crazy because they're mad. Of course. He's going crazy because he's drunk. Of course. And he decides to start yelling things like, love me. I can't take it no more without no good love. I want some loving. <laughs> what does that mean? And then, ain't nobody going <laughs> to love my ass? <laughs> I wonder if he was actually talking about his ass, you know? And then he gets mean and says, you're all a bunch of fucking idiots. <laughs> and then screams, what are you going to do about it over and over? <laughs> well, what are they going to do about it is the question. So uh, this is throughout the show. Apparently, right as they start into their second song, Touch Me, he screams at the band to stop for some reason and like makes them restart. Uh, at a certain point, he grabbed like one of the cops who was standing in front of the stage. He grabbed his hat and threw oh, it. That was good. <laughs> And so then the cop grabbed his hat and threw it. <laughs> oh, which is pretty incredible. That's really funny. Uh, yeah, some fan got on, either got on stage or very close to the stage, and somehow dumped champagne all over Jim. <laughs> so he took his shirt off, and of then course. told everyone in the crowd that they should be taking their clothes off too. And <laughs> I assume should, yeah. many happily obliged. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, and then he held his shirt in front of his crotch and pretended like he was fucking it. <laughs> I was sure he wasn't pretending to be like a matador. So, 
you know, like a bull. Yeah. Ray Manzarek later called it a, he said it was one of the craziest things he'd ever seen. And it was a, it was like a mass religious hallucination. <laughs> so, which is weird. Cause it's like, apparently his thing was that he is being antagonistic, but that kind of makes yeah. it seem like the crowd was like into him. You know, they were like, Oh my God, Jim's here. He's telling us what to do. Like how fun. I don't know. They might've been so, into it. You never know. Yeah. Um, another, their manager, their road manager said, quote, the big, the gig was a bizarre circus-like thing. There was this guy carrying a sheep. <laughs> <laughs> That's the wildest shit ever. Yeah. How did yeah. he get it past security? So, you know, like through the doors. It doesn't make insanity. sense. Insanity. No idea. He probably took a seaplane. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, is that counted in the 12,000? 12, 12,000 head of people and one head of sheep. And one head of, yeah. Um, so... That that was the show. They leave. They keep touring. A few days later, the Dade County Sheriff's Office issues a warrant for Jim's arrest. Of course. For, let's see. I saw different numbers in different places. I'm taking the History Channel This Day in History as fact over Wikipedia pages. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, He was one felony and four misdemeanors. I'm not sure which one's the felony, but here's the five charges. Lewd and lascivious behavior, lascivious, lascivious, yeah, lascivious behavior. Thank you. Indecent exposure, profanity okay. and drunkenness, hmm. and the last one, which I did not know was something you could charge someone for in uh, criminal law, simulating oral sex on Robbie Krieger. <laughs> <laughs> Is it specifically on Robbie Krieger? <laughs> like, how did they did they go other? <laughs> like on the yeah, bo- they, on had the a, they had a check mark. Yeah. Um, was this not the one where he pulled his dick out of his pants? Well, or? no, this is the one where this okay. is he supposedly had pulled his dick out, but basically everyone says he didn't do oh, okay. it. Okay, yeah. Okay. That's kind of what I was going to get to is like that's all that was really like for sure, you know, I don't know, known about the show. And then okay. we'll get to in a in the, I think the next episode, his like trial. Okay. Because it's, it's later. It's the next summer. Oh, I have something to say about his trial. And there's some more details there. Oh, I want to say it. Oh, go ahead. That's fine. Uh, Whatever. Jim had the best excuse at his trial for the oral sex thing. Okay. It was that he was appreciating Robbie Krieger's guitar <laughs> stylings up close and personally. <laughs> he just wanted to That's admire so, so close. Yeah, it's really yeah. funny. Yeah, I mean, okay, like, I guess we'll get to it. But so from what I found, um, so the, the like, story was that he pulled his dick out on stage, right? Yeah, right, right, right. And, like, that's what was the popular thing. I'm sure, you know, Rolling Stone magazine probably had it. Like, that was the whole thing. Mm. But no one, there was no proof, basically, that it ever happened. Nobody except wanted to people be people saying witness. he did. Okay. But in the trial, pretty apparently, every witness that, like, the sheriff's office brought was not someone who was actually at the show. Or if they were at the show, they were, huh. they, like, were connected to the sheriff's office. So, like, they never got any actual fans. You know what I mean? Or, like, just random yeah. people huh so that's where it's like did he actually do it oh he for sure did it he yeah does. that's absolutely something he did yeah i he there's no i way mean yes there's no way he didn't do it yeah <laughs> seems exactly like something he would have done uh, he's been practicing for years since the rooftop yeah he used to scare yeah. birds away with he's been it. practicing that move pretend it was a worm yeah <laughs> so just just an incredible thing man Wow, Just so wild. Jim Morrison, what a man! What a performer. Um, so this uh, 
was a pretty huge controversy at the time. They had a bunch of their concerts canceled like pretty immediately when the charges came out. It was a huge deal. The idea of pulling your your dong out on stage. Yeah, your wong dong. Um, really, you know, it's nice to see how far we've come where Lenny Kravitz can do it now and it's just funny. <laughs> so I mean, know. it is my favorite gif of all time. <laughs> yeah. He's uh those leather pants just split like it was butter. Yeah. So, and then kind of like I referenced, like the trial isn't until the next summer, and he was still even like working through some of the legal stuff when he died. So oh. this follows him until until he dies. This this haunts him. <laughs> yeah. That's a really yeah. long trial. That's really wild. That you know. Truly, truly wild. Do you think people would get in trouble nowadays? No. Now it can be your whole stage set, and you're not gonna like. They're not going to do anything, especially a trial. Well, and then we've also come pretty far because a few years ago, I feel like when we were like in college, maybe there were like two or three rappers within the a few years of each other, Macklemore, who all were like, it was all again one of those allegedly things because there were like some videos, but they were always really bad or from really far away. But who like supposedly got blowjobs on stage? But I don't think any of them ever got arrested or anything. Okay. I'll take your word for it. I don't know much about it. Uh, oh, really? There was one you brought up on the podcast. Probably. Yeah, I don't remember who. Yeah. Danny Brown is the yes. one off the top of my head that That's really famously, yeah. like, I like pretty sure actually did. Gotta, it's just that the video's yeah. from behind, so it's like technically you don't know if that's what the person's doing. <laughs> right. Like in a, in a legal sense, there's no proof that that's what the person is doing, but it's like that's that seems to be what's happening. Yeah. And then... There was a there was at least one other rapper I feel like a, like a couple of years later that had the exact same thing happen. Macklemore, yeah. And, but I don't know that either of them ever really got charged for that. I don't know. Well, you know how lenient the legal system is on black men and rappers. <laughs> they they practically get away with anything these days. Yeah. Well, so that's where we're at with the doors uh, in July of '69. So they're they're nice. you know mired in all these issues uh until and they're just they're desperately waiting for their new hit album to come out and shock the world and you know it, all the troubles will go away once everyone hears the soft parade ah what a parade uh, it so is. we want to take a quick break and come back for the track by track of the soft parade peter i would love nothing more than to take a break and come back for the track by track of the soft parade right. And welcome back to The Doors Do. Welcome we are, back. Uh, about to go track by track through the soft parade. And I uh, I feel like we did our first, our, our talking about The Doors in reverse order, because now I don't remember anything about the soft parade after imagining the wildness of that Miami concert. So, Well, I mean, yeah, it's a crazy thing to, to imagine happening. We got to shift back into music mode instead of how crazy is Jim Morrison mode. Yeah. Well, anytime we talk about uh, one specific concert on this show... It's always good. True. It never turns out bad. True. It's yeah. You know what's funny about that is that not knowing anything about the doors, I really thought that that was like a couple months before he died. Like it was oh. part of the like, and he you know died in this whole like, uh, you know, um, what am I trying to like drunken, 
crazed and that was like part of the whole thing i did not realize it was a full two years before and was just part of a pattern with him (laughs) yeah that's his whole thing whipping his dick out being drunk and mean Mm -hmm. having sheep at his concert and who doesn't enjoy seeing jim morrison's weighing yeah who doesn't Uh, write us at beachboysboys at gmail.com if you don't enjoy it yeah only if you don't so the soft parade released in july uh, of 1969 it went to number six on the billboard charts pretty good it went to uh touch me was their lead single which came out in december 68 actually Uh, that went to number three pretty good yeah not bad so but all of this was in the u.s the uk which they had just made all their inroads in didn't give a fuck about this album (laughs) uh so they just immediately did not matter there anymore yeah i mean Um, makes sense and apparently the uk only likes it if you kind of copy a famous uk artist song as your single that's the only way they'll listen to you they love the kinks over there so um so that does pretty well all their other i think they did like four or five singles off this album but all the other ones stopped at like you know number 60 or something and they never did that well but it was just kind of an interesting push but besides the poppy sound they're really trying to push this album in, uh, I don't know, in a little more, I guess, pop way in terms of releasing a bunch of singles and over yeah. like a full year to try and kind of get well, the doors. It'd be weird if they released that many singles off of any other album. Exactly. It's like yeah. so psychedelic. So it was know. a pretty successful album, but the reviews uh, were not good. Uh, <laughs> critically, it alienated the doors from like the art rock uh, kind of cool rock world they were yeah. previously loved by. Yeah. Um, the strings and horns especially were called out as a sellout kind of pop move <laughs> and just generally people did not like it yeah. uh, partially also because uh, this will come up I think in the Rolling Stone review um, and I think it's something I, I was kind of noticing at least with Waiting on the Sun but yeah. people are starting to get this idea I think that the Doors are kind of a one trick pony and maybe they don't have that many more good songs. Well, yeah, like, they are. <laughs> you know, like that first album was great and there's yeah. some good stuff on the second album and then it just seems like they are trying to do the same thing over and over again less effectively. True, yeah. So, I mean, that's what they did. So People are kind of starting to, to maybe put that together about The Doors, which is very true. As we know, they have no more songs. Yeah, <laughs> like, as Mike Love said, don't fuck with the formula. Yeah. So, But anyway... Yeah. All right, well, mm-hmm. let's go ahead and get into the track by track. Oof, let's get into that track uh, by track. Very first song, we've already heard it uh, this episode, Tell All the People, written by Robbie Krieger. Follow me down. That drumming is really good right there. Um, this song is truly um, just awesome. It's phenomenal. I love it. Mm-hmm. It's an incredible opener for an album as well. Yes. It's, I mean, like, it, it builds up in such a way yeah. that's like, I don't know. It's really, really good. I love it. I really love this song. Yeah, yeah. I'm. It's yeah. good. Yeah, it's a really, really good song, and this part's good. It's excellent. I really, really love the horns. I do like his vocal delivery quite a bit. Okay. Um. Yeah, it's really just a, a fantastic song. Yeah, I don't. It might be my favorite Doors song we've t- 
talked about so far. I don't know. It's got to be up there. It's up there. Yeah. For sure, I think. I, I just, the horns in it are good. The lyrics, mm-hmm. they're like, I mean, not the best, but they're pretty good for the doors. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just a good song. I like it. Um, I I don't know. I like how it builds quite yeah. a bit. I feel like it. I feel like it moves to something else at some point, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. I like that part. Yeah, that part's really good. Yeah, I do really like that part. Yeah, I think the thing I just mostly really love is I love the way the horns are recorded yes. for this album. They're yes. very bright and brassy and like forward very in the mix, and it's crisp. a very yeah. cool sound. I've said it once. I'll say it a million times. I'm a sucker for horns on rock songs. Yeah, right. I'm, I love it. Yeah, this should be your favorite Doors album by Country Mile. <laughs> Is this where he changes it? No. I like when he changes it. Funnily, um, in the Rolling Stone review at some point, they call this song Follow Me Down. Huh. And it's like, did you not look at the back of the album? <laughs> yeah, that's it literally lists it out it's right really, there. It's really funny. Yeah. Super easy to tell. And, you know, the lyrics are all back there, too. Um, I love this song. I just can't get enough of how much I love this song. I didn't really like it when we started um, mm-hmm. doing it as the announcement yeah. song, but yeah. it's grown on me. I think I it like is it. A, very, a very good song, great opener. It's cool and, like, kind of promising that it's like, yes. oh, we are getting a shake-up on the sound, but it's still the Doors. Like, Right, yeah. You know. They're doing the Doors thing, but then, like, the instrumentation is still really good. Mm-hmm. They have the horns. Yeah, it's all great. the instrumentation's still great. Like, yeah. Yeah, it like still sounds like a Doors song, but is, I don't know, it's elevated by that '60s pop thing of adding horns, which I think is silly that that's like a pop thing now. But it's a really, really good song. All right, and now we get to a song we've heard a million times already. Touch me. Those fucking horns, dude. Okay, so I realized immediately listening to this album for the first time, I have never actually listened to this song outside of hearing the intro. You know, I didn't even know there were horns on it. And they're so good. But I love when the horns come in. I love the instrumentation of it. The drums rule. It's good. I love this little breakdown part with the strings. It's gorgeous. And here you can kind of hear him do like the crooner thing people talk about. Yeah. And the little, you know, uh, repeating thing of bum bum ba da bum yeah. It's really, really nice. Yeah. It's a really good song. When was the first time you remember hearing this song? I don't know, man. Good question. I had heard it before this show, but School of Rock. Oh. It was in School of Rock. <laughs> I don't remember this from School of Rock, I'll be I'll be honest. Oh, uh, Lawrence, the kid on the piano, it's like the song he makes him try out for. Oh nice. Which makes sense because it's a really good keyboard. Riff. It is. Yeah. Yeah, this is a really great one. Yeah. Oh, and the horns come in here. Yeah, when those horns come in there low yeah. and then come up, it is so, so nice. It's a really, really nice horn piece. And again, there's a lot of really good, like, Robbie Krieger guitar work right. kind of weaving in yeah, and out of the horns the whole time. Right. Uh, who uh, who wrote this one? Uh, Krieger again. That makes sense. Yeah. If it has horns, it's written by Robbie Krieger on this album. Okay. It's so weird that this is pop yeah. to, like, consider yeah, that. Yeah, see, like, you know? 
I mean, we're out of context for this song. Like, I'm sure if we were talking about this in 1968, we'd be like, or 69, like, what sellouts? This sounds yeah. like my dad's music with strings. Yeah. But from a modern horn, viewpoint, yeah. I love the strings and horns on it. It is such a cool sound. Yeah. And it's a really nice development for that. Like, it, it expands sure. yeah. their sound and makes it sound grander, which I feel like mm-hmm. they should want being this whole this band with like these grand lyrics and poems and kind of dramatic outlook well yeah i mean but when people pay to see the doors they don't want to see horns they want to see psychedelic trippy shit not these wonderful horns (laughs) yeah love those horns oh my one qualm with this song is i wish this horn solo was like better I don't mind it. Uh, it's fine. I think it's fine for what it is. Yeah, I just wish it was better or different. I guess I just wish it was either a keyboard or guitar solo. Really, yeah. At the end of the day. That would be cool. That's the one maybe downside of this album that we'll we'll get to more later. But Yeah, I get that. Yeah. And I don't think that this is like a bad horn solo. I just think like it could be different. I don't think it fits with the song, you know? Yeah. I just I, I gotcha. But it makes sense. It makes it feel to me like a little ahead of its time, honestly. Like this random yeah. like sax solo feels more like 1971 or something to me than yeah, this. I and I love the end makes it sound like it's a movie theme song, like the way they wrap up yeah. the orchestra part. Shaman blues. Uh, who wrote this and who is playing bass? Uh, a couple different people. Uh, so this is a Jim Morrison composition. I mean, first. fucking, of course it is. Uh, bass Blues. is credited both to Harvey Brooks and Doug Lubon, who Doug okay. Lubon we've seen before. but It's a great bass line. They don't say song by song who does it. So That's interesting. You'd think they would. But great bass this album, line. Or this bass line is really fantastic. Yeah, it, th- he's killing it. I really, really like this song if it was about a minute shorter. Yeah. It is so long for what it is. How long is it? It's four minutes and 50 seconds, yeah, and it pretty normal. It, it should be three and a half minutes. Like, I love the guitar <laughs> um, tone on it, and yeah. the guitar line is nice. The bass line's great. Yeah, it, it's I good. like the vibe of the song and everything. It okay. just, it really should only be about three and a half minutes long. It's too repetitive. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of like Morrison's songwriting thing, you know? It's, yeah. um, I don't know, it's all really repetitive. And what they should have done on this album is do one half Krieger, one half Morrison. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would have been like yeah. more conducive to like making out. It would have sounded better because this is weird right mm. now. This song doesn't fit right That's, here. I'm almost surprised they didn't do that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe because would have made sense. They wanted to. Pro- actually, I know why they didn't. But go ahead. I mean, I just think it would have. Yeah. It would be better if they did it that way. This is a good guitar solo here, though, from Krieger. Yeah, I mean. I yeah, it's a good guitar song. I think this song is fine. I don't love it. I I do like this song. It's just that every time it goes like way too long for me. Yeah, I mean, I would legitimately like it a lot if it was just a lot shorter. Cause the the guitar riff and bass line are just too repetitive. Like that riff to keep going yeah. that. Much. But imagine if this was on the back half and not after two amazing songs. So they wouldn't have done that, though, because they wanted the poppy stuff at the top, but there's no way they would have made all of Jim's songs the second half. Yeah. I'm, so they had to they had to mix it yeah, up. Yeah, that's a but good But I agree with you that it's a weird... It, it sounds, you're like, oh, this is a new sound. Oh, no, it's not. No, not at all. <laughs> yeah, it's The Doors again. But I don't know. I mean, yeah, this is like... It's fine. I actually do like the keyboard solo, though. How far into this song are we right now? About uh, 235. 
Yeah, okay, then yes, this should have been like three minutes tops. After this keyboard and guitar solo. Yeah, just end it after that. We can call it. Okay. Just have two more minutes. Yeah. And it doesn't change. It's just the same no, it's, melody yeah. and verses again. It's really tedious. <laughs> like it's that over and over again. So, anyway. We can get to Do It, uh, the only song that's credited to both Jim and Robbie. Hey, Peter, do you want to hear my impression of Emperor Palpatine when he's trying to get Anakin <laughs> to kill uh, Mace Windu? Yeah. Okay, here it goes. Do it. Do it. Do you want to hear my impression of uh, Chris Cooper telling Matt Damon to just kill him at the end of The Born Identity? Oh, I'd love to, yeah. Oh, wait, no, I got it wrong. It's the other guy telling him to kill him in the middle at the end of The Born Supremacy. The guy with the jowls. What is that actor's name? I, I don't have know. No idea what you're Never talking mind. about. I know. Do it. Just do it, Jason. <laughs> That's what I always think of when people are like, do yeah. it. I I think of Palpatine. So. Yeah. But do you want to hear my impression of in Matilda when that uh, chubby kid has to eat the gross cake and everybody's like trying to cheer him on because he, uh, they like can't do it. Um, and I would love to. You can do it. Oh, fuck. I don't remember the kid's name. Probably like Johnny or something. Probably. Like, you can do it, Johnny. Eat the cake or whatever. Fuck, I don't remember. <laughs> do you want to hear my impression of David Bowie covering the Rolling Stones' Let's Spend the Night Together? Oh, yeah. But the breakdown in the middle that's not part of the Rolling Stones song, but just David Bowie? Yeah, of course I do. Do it. Do it. That's good. That's good. I don't remember. There's more. He says yeah, more stuff. It's something a, about it's do me or no. I don't remember. Uh, this song's pretty bad. Yeah, oh no, it's really boring. It's not good. It's boring and the lyrics Brian are Cox. Yes, Brian Cox. Thank you. Yeah, famous yeah. for like I yeah, famous guy. Just couldn't think yeah. of his name. Um but anyway, yeah, boring. It's a boring song. It's it's a pretty boring song, but for me the lyrics really kill it cuz it's please please listen to me children. We can change the world or like it's it's just very very bad. I think that's beautiful. <laughs> like you could tell he was done with his poems. Brucey you can do it, Brucey. Mm. That's what it was. How did I forget Brucey? Yeah, let's... Uh, do you want to hear... Oh, I, yeah. So I have one more impression for you. Uh, do you want to hear Rob Schneider and every Adam Sandler movie? I would love to. You can do it. <laughs> you know, he's the, like, redneck guy. All right. Let's uh, move on to Easy Ride. Let's. I really like this. Uh, I really like the guitar on it. I do enjoy this. I'm yeah. very surprised. So this is just credited to Morrison. How is this not a cover of CC Rider? It sounds almost the exact same oh, to me as CC Rider. Yeah, I could hear that. I mean, it's not that similar, but it's like pretty similar. Yeah, and the and it's also called Easy yeah, Rider. Maybe just Rider. it's called Easy Ride. It's making me think that. Yeah, I could hear it. But I do overall, I like this song. I do like this though. It's kind of that blues, soul, country-ish thing going on, yeah. which they'll revisit again in Running Blue. Yeah, um, the, the old Joplin thing. Yes, and I really like the guitar line too. The guitar is phenomenal. Um, this whole song is pretty good. Yeah, I, I do like this song quite a bit. It took me a while, but I like this one quite a bit. Yeah, it's really good. Um, this one is like more of a mesh between their old sound and their like quote-unquote new sound. Um, yeah. It's not like anything else on the rest of the album. Yeah. It's like very of its own thing. You know what's nice about this song? Two minutes and 45 seconds. <laughs> uh, you know, so, I actually yeah. really like his vocal take on this song yeah. particularly. So this album, I... So you know how 
the second album, I was talking about, like, this is the one where you really get to hear the band a lot. Like, right. we hear Robbie Krieger, we hear Rayman Zarek, they're both, like, doing really cool stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This album is the one where I have noticed John Densmore doing oh. work the most. Like, this album yeah. has a lot of really impressive and, like, interesting drumming, and it feels like this is, like, this is the one where he has shined for me the most, for sure. Peter, can I say something? Okay, yeah. He's killing it. Yes, he's crushing Yes. Crushing, yes. And he's, he's like the only yeah. band member who I'm consistently like very impressed with on every song, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's doing very well. So maybe you'll remember his name now. Maybe. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Well, uh, it's, um, shall we move to Wild we Child? To with, yeah, a Jim Morrison one. Yeah. Um, this riff is I've heard it like a million times before. No, the riff sounds like the most cliched blues riff, man. It's it's pretty bad. Yeah, it's it's rough. Uh, this whole s- song is a pretty pretty bad song. Yeah, this song sounds like they they like had it half written, and they like didn't bother writing a riff for it, and like Jim was half asleep when he was recording the vocals, but they were like, John, you take this one. You guys like drumming? Does anybody like drumming? drumming? Yeah, can... hell yeah. <laughs> you want to hear good drumming, though? We got it for you. Uh, yeah, this song's pretty boring. Yeah. So I will say, when I first listened to this album, like the first few times, I didn't like Easy Ride. Okay. So for me at this point, I'm like, I love those first two songs, and then it's four in a row of just really yeah, boring real Doors music. Shit like, back half of the first album, boring. Yeah. <laughs> and even with Easy Ride being good, it's still like, it's a rough patch for sure in this album. Yeah. I don't love. Maybe the Stones were onto something. Maybe they did their thing on purpose, where it was like they started off with a good song and then the second one was bad, so that you didn't like get too excited for the album. Yeah, maybe. Like the two in front here made me excited for the album, right? And then it was downhill. So like maybe that's the way to order an album if you don't have very many good songs, you know? You know how you solve that? Is just How's that? write good songs no matter what. Like, just fill the <laughs> album with good songs. Well, yes. Ideally, every song in this album would be really good. Like, oh, you know those Beatles albums? They tend to I prefer artists good. where I like more of their songs rather than less of them. You know yeah. what? It's, a, it's strange. It's interesting. All my favorite bands, I really like almost all their songs. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. What a weird connection. Uh, Run in Blue. This was a Robbie Krieger composition, and the voice that's okay. not Jim Morrison's we'll hear soon is Robbie Krieger for the first non-Jim Morrison lead vocal. Again, great horns, great drumming, fantastic drumming. I mean, like we said, John Densmore killing it the whole album. Uh, as dumb as this part is, I really, really love it. I love, I guess, I love all the little motifs in this song. It's really good. This is a fantastic song. It's, it's very good. I'm, I'm, I'm still raw about this, so I'm gonna bug you about it again. But how is this not like the Beach Boys thing, where it's just a random song in the middle of another song? They did it. It's better. the exact same thing. It's not the. Exact but same I think thing. it's fantastic. It's a good. This song. is my favorite lyric on the whole album. Which one? For some reason, the. I need to find a dock in the bay. Maybe I'll find it back in LA. I I don't know why, but I really like it. I mostly like his delivery where he's like screaming it for some reason. Yeah, just shouting like, the lyric out. Like yeah. growling it, yeah. I really, this part coming up, the, the horns here mm-hmm. are really good. Yeah, the whole, I gotta say, Rothschild, uh, whoever arranged the horns, whether it was him or someone else, did an amazing job. I love the horn sections here. They're so when good. they like, they, oh yeah. during another part, they're yeah. just, I don't know. 
they do some really great some great stuff here it's very oh and then it yeah i really like the the like breaks in this song they it, everything just ebbs and flows really well from like segment to segment mm, yeah. um it's just really well produced yeah. i i think johnny not john paul did a great yeah. job um is this country voice better than mix? <laughs> uh, where is where is he from? Ah, good question. I'll look it up. I like that he sounds kind of like a farmer, Bob Dylan. He's from L.A. Apparently, yes, born into a Jewish family, <laughs> according to uh, Wikipedia. Boy, they really love people's heritage on that Wikipedia. They do. It's weird because if you ever like, I wonder what race that celebrity is. You can look it up, and it's like born to a black mom and a white dad. You know, yeah. it's really weird. So now we get to fucking wishful, wishful sinful. sinful. <laughs> uh, this amazingly is a Krieger composition. This is the Interesting. one okay. the one Krieger with yeah, no horns. The one bad Robbie Krieger song. Yeah. It is very 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 boring and I think it's the worst one on the album. It's really boring. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I would say it's the worst. Not I worse. do honestly like the strings just being on it make it a little more listenable to me. Okay. I, like I would say, do it's probably worse or Wild Child, but do it. Yeah, do it's bad. But I definitely do not think this song is good. Yeah. Uh, well, so what do you think the the like worst one on the album is? Wild Child. Yeah, I kind of forgot about Wild Child. Wild Child is pretty bad. Wild Child's probably the worst one on the album, just because it's so derivative and unoriginal, and the lyrics are so derivative to like it's just all bad. Yeah. This one's bad too. Well, why don't we go ahead and get to the soft parade then, the, the, the capstone the of the album. The track. This yeah. is a Jim Morrison uh, helped arrange yes, by Paul course. Rothschild, okay. yeah, who helped him stitch it together. Can you petition the Lord with prayer? This sounds like a really bad college student that came up with like a petition character that was like a... TV pastor, <laughs> like they had seen yeah. it once on TV, and I don't know. oh, it's good to know you cannot. So here we I didn't have... realize that we started listening to Smiley Smile by the Beach Boys. <laughs> yeah, it's just weird. We, I thought we were doing the Doors. I don't know what's going on. We have a multi-part epic, yeah, uh, like the by Beach Jim Boys. Morrison here, and good and. Shoot my load a little early. Oh, I fucking love this song. Ugh. And we will get to all the parts that I love. I love this. Uh, yeah, that makes sense that you would like it. I do not like it. Um, I just don't like when songs cut together like this. Is that why you do like it? That's maybe part of the reason I love it so much, yeah. That would make sense. This part just really grates on my nerves. I don't know. I'm liking this. See, I don't like it. Oh, shit. Okay. This part this, is cool. And this yeah. is feels crazy ahead of its time to me. This sounds so Very set, like late 70s. 70s. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's good. I'm, I am love the... I think it's the guitar tone they have going on. The wah, wah, the wah like, yeah, the, like, the kind of wah thing going on, like... It's really, really nice. Yeah. I like 
I like this riff. Who's doing that? Is that is that Krieger? I think or it's that keyboard and guitar actually are both doing the kind of. Yeah. Oh, okay. I see. I think this song it's like it's got so much going on. I don't like that it's it goes from this like ballad to this like funk. Thing. See, I think this is nice, and I think part of the reason I like this song is that I all these little sections are short enough that I don't get tired of any of them. Yeah. I just think they should be their own song. Yeah. I like this part. That's right. I forgot about it until now. I also, we talked over it, but I do like the lyrics of that one a lot. They're very okay. just weird and random and funny to me. Yeah. I like the, like, plunky piano on this part, but I just don't, I think I just don't like when a song like cuts through these like interstitial little part like yeah like things. vignettes yeah like i just hey, it's very beach boysy yeah. and like bad beach boys to me speaking of the beach boys like i think also the reason i like this this reminds me so much of mid like mid to late 60s beach boys of them just stitching together these weird random song fragments yeah and i didn't like that part of the beach boys and it's light compared to most of the door stuff which is like yeah. it's got some heaviness but I really like this part too. The baseline. This is, is the best part of the trip. <laughs> best part of the trip. With the congas going on in the background, like this as blues is so much cooler than Wild Child. You say that, but I don't think it's very hard to be a better blues song than Wild Child. <laughs> this one sucks. Like this has some groove to it, man. It's it's nice. It's pretty groovy. I don't know. I like I like that organ. I don't know. I this song to me, like I said, I don't like the vignette thing. But then I also don't love Morrison's vocal take on it. Yeah. Um, I think it's I don't know. Like the musicianship is good. It's always there with the Doors. It's never bad. I think what makes a good song and a bad song is like Morrison. I don't know doing stuff. And then when they start singing on this part, I really like it too. Like the gang vocals that we're gonna get to. Yeah, it's not bad. I guess it's actually just two people singing. I feel like at some point it sounds like it's the whole band, though. There's three people there. Oh, okay. Maybe four, even. I don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah. Two of the voices are Jim Morrison, though, so I don't know if that counts as gang vocals. <laughs> yeah, it counts. All right. All right. This is going on a little bit long for my tastes. Like, I don't know. I just find this song so groovy, so or this section of it. I mean, it's groovy, but like even a groovy song can get boring. <laughs> it's like so long here. I guess, man. It's boring. I don't know. You're lost. You know, I don't like songs longer than two minutes. <laughs> yeah, you're missing out on so many great songs. No, there's not a single great song that's been written that's longer than two minutes. Um, this song is strange to me because it takes up like half of the B side on an already weird album. You yeah. know, I don't know. It's just like drones on and on. Yeah, but then like, and it's like such yeah, a weird song to have last. Like, you're as your closer, you're gonna have this weird epic that Jim Morrison wrote. I just don't know. I think it's a weird closer. I love not even trying to run. Yeah, it's very fun. Some call it fun. Some call it bad. Pete. Ridiculous.
I'm just like, when is this gonna be over? <laughs> yeah. This song to me is like the epitome of why people don't like the doors. It's just like very long and droney, man. Like, get to it, get it done, you know? Yeah, I don't know. This song I'm sorry that you love it, but like I just can't I can't do this. And then his mm. voice just like starts grating on my nerves at a certain point where I just don't like it. Yeah, for some reason I kinda like his voice because he's not trying to sing it, you know, it's just like the chanty thing and uh, it works for me, I guess. I don't know. I just it uh, to me. I'm like I'm sick of it. I just wish it would. Uh, I don't know. Maybe if like let let Krieger sing a verse again in his weird little country voice. You know, I want him maybe. again. I mean, it couldn't hurt. No, I think you know it. It jazz it up a little bit towards the end here. Yeah, true. Um, how much longer on this tune right now? Like a minute, minute and a half. Oh, okay. Well, we can probably start talking. Okay. I don't like. I don't think there's another section. I was kind of thinking that. Thank been, but... God. Um. So PJ, yeah, should Pete? we? Do we? Are we sharing our? Well, let's do the Rolling Stone review. Let's get into the Rolling Stone review. Yeah, let's get into the Rolling Stone review. Once upon a time, you dress so fine. And welcome to the Rolling Stone Review. I don't know why for every segment I'm welcoming people to it this episode. All right. So the Rolling Stone Review. Well, for every segment, we have to welcome them and say goodbye yeah. so that they know when it's starting, when it's over, you know? <laughs> I think that's a good idea. Just so everybody knows what's yeah. going on at all times. So this, uh, oh, August 69. So this is a pretty pretty fast review for them, actually. Yeah, quick on the draw. All right. We're going we're gonna to jump through it. They hate it, by the way. They <laughs> rip it apart. Of course they do. Alternate suggested titles for the soft braid would be The Worst of the Doors, Kick Out the Doors. <laughs> That's not even clever. <laughs> Kick Out the Doors or The Soft Touch. That's like in the soft... Final Tap when they're just like, Shit Sandwich mm, should yeah. be the name of this album. And they're like, you can't yeah. print that. The soft braid is worse than infuriating. It's sad. It's sad <laughs> because one of the most potentially moving forces in rock has allowed itself to degenerate. Wow. That's so mean. It represents a clear and present decline in musicianship. Cutting deep. Yeah. But the Doors are a rock group, and at heart, a rock group must produce vital, listenable, interesting music, or the rest is just so many limp wicks waving in the Miami breeze. (laughs) What do you think that's a reference to? (laughs) Oh, who could guess at this point in time? So many things. So it sounds for all the world like the stuff they had the good sense to leave off their first albums. The weakness cannot be palmed off as experimentation because despite the addition of strings and horns, it's just the same but worse. Okay, there are two Undoors-like songs, Touch Me and Follow Me Down, by which he means tell all the people. Oh, the two best ones, though. Um, Are horn strings showpieces for the resonant baritone of Jim Morrison that aren't the worst of the Doors. They're the worst of Jerry Vale or Andy Williams. (laughs) Holy shit. Oh, they really yeah. dug in, huh? Andy Williams, damn. These songs stick the idiocy right up front and surround it with the most cliche-ridden sounds this side of 101 strings. Who paid this guy to be this mean? Jesus yeah. Christ. He calls the songs pale shadows of their earlier work. Yeah, that holds up. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he has a lot of problems with the lyrics, which... Of okay, course. Okay, who cares? Yeah. Um, I mean, I know, like, but it's still... It's the It's lyric. the Doors, on, man. On, They're buddy. not a very lyrical band or anything. So, the mood they've created is loud, dull boredom. 
Wow. I'm yeah, he's right. No. What little hey, what little good there is on the album is mostly in the title cut, The Soft Parade, but the oh, but the thing is so mangled, jammed together, and frequently so silly that it's kind of hard to listen through. <laughs> Validation is always nice. <laughs> and he said with individual credit now being given for the songs, it's plain that Morrison's are better than Krieger's, but it's the lesser of two evils. What? No. Krieger's are way better. So, That's he's wrong about that. Yeah. In any case, the doors appear to be in the final stages of musical constipation. (laughs) Morrison admits they haven't done any new material in three years, and unless something drastic happens, the next album ought to be an epitaph. That's rough. So, I know. They ripped it to shreds. Yeah, damn, dude. As usual in Rolling Stones, some good points, but they are way too serious about it. (laughs) Like, come on. Fuck. Maybe we should start writing our reviews yeah. like out like a Rolling Stone thing and reading them after theirs. <laughs> I don't, yeah, that's a good idea. Might not be bad. Well, PJ, what are your thoughts on the Soft Parade? It is not a good album. No, it's not a great album, but it's not that bad. I mean, all the Morrison stuff yeah. is bad. The Krieger stuff is pretty good, except for the one. I agree. Everything except Wishful Sinful yeah, by Krieger is good. Although he did help write Do It, which sucks. But Do It does suck. I don't know. Um, well, so I guess the three Krieger ones. Just, yeah. Yeah. Well, really like, why is Jim Morrison not good at writing songs, you know? Yeah. Like, at this point, it sucks. I know, this is, this is the first album, like, since we've been having, you know, usually Krieger writes, like, two or three. Yeah, and he gets the hits. I don't know, this is definitely the first one where it's like, oh, I don't like the main member of this band. <laughs> that's, that's a weird feeling to have when you're listening to a band. Yeah, that the main guy is so. like not doing his fair share, yeah. and like Krieger, the Krieger songs are good. This album is ordered so poorly. Yeah, and maybe if they like ordered it differently, it would be fine. Yes, but they didn't, and like you know, they could have done some different production on some of the songs, mm-hmm. like added added horns or violins to the Morrison ones, maybe, because the Krieger ones like whip ass. Yeah, and the Morrison ones suck. Yeah, and so I don't want to like. I don't know. It, it it's interesting because it's produced well, generally speaking. Um, like it's not recorded as shittily as their first album, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's still not like a good album. Right. Like I'm not gonna go back to it and listen again. Yeah. There's maybe two songs I'll revisit on this entire album. Yeah. And they're the first two. Yeah. And so like I don't know. It's just. It was too much of a roller coaster for me to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was a very weird one. Uh, I did not read anything about it while I was listening to it. And so I was just like, why are there only horns on like three or four songs? They sound so good. Yeah, right. They should have done that on more. It's just weird. And then, like, you know, it made perfect sense what, what the right. reasons were. Um, but it did make for like a frustrating listen, especially because. I really loved um, Strange Days, but I would say Tell All the People and Touch Me are the best, for me, like the best Doors songs I've heard so far. I fucking oh, love them. they're so good. And like Run and Blue is absolutely up there as well. It's, it's very good. Um, in, in that, in that um, echelon ranking. So yeah. yeah, I really, the songs that I liked on here, I absolutely loved. Like basically those three, Soft Parade, I really yeah. loved, and then yeah, the rest of them are either fine or actively bad, and so yeah, 
it is a weird album to listen to, but it also, it like almost works listening to as a full album just cause it's like, I don't think so. you know, every other song is like a really bad one, but well, and it's probably hard to order it when it's two yeah. different people writing the album, you know? Yeah, exactly. I think they did the best, the best they could, <laughs> which is not um, great. So, but it's a tough one to rate. No, I don't think so. I think it's a four. Because I think this is a four all the way through. I usually There's not very many good songs. Yeah, on there. I How usually many songs are, are listening right. Well, and I'm immediately thinking of a seven, which seems crazy because I'm is like high. But it's like those four songs that I love are so goddamn good that I'm like, this album can't be ranked that low just because those songs are incredible. No, it can be. So I think like the, w- there's three good songs on the album. Yeah. What, I so think I might what, stick what with a gonna, seven. Like I think seven. Seven's a four. It's a four. I mean, a seven's not great. It's just a seven's pretty good <laughs> ranking, dude. Maybe a six. I don't know. I get okay. So here's what I'll, like in terms of enjoyment. How can you give a song with less than half the album good a seven? I know, but the songs that are good are so good. Yeah, but that doesn't. And matter. the soft parade is very very long. <laughs> It's like two songs. Yeah, I know. Fucking anyway. I know. All right. You're talking me down into a six probably. Good. But yeah. Um, yeah, it's just a weird one. And it's very interesting with The Doors. Like, so the first album is like half pretty or like a third pretty good and yeah. then two thirds bad. The second yeah, album yeah. is pretty much all really great. Pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Third album is all really terrible. And yeah, then this one again is like two thirds really good and or one third really yeah, one good third, and then like yeah. two thirds pretty bad very bad they just can't get it together man i don't know it's weird they have zero consistency to their yeah output the consistency so far. is the problem because two of the best door songs are in this album yeah and then the rest suck yes so it's like it how was. do you go about yeah i know because it's tough you, you almost know? want to be able to write off the whole thing exactly or be into the whole you know yeah, yeah but when like yeah it's like three great songs three terrible songs and two fine songs it's it's, it's not a good batting average yeah it's a tough hang it's <laughs> it's harder it's almost. a hard listen because yeah. you want to listen to it to get to the good ones yeah. but yeah. but you don't have to sift through shit to get to gold oh know? yeah for sure and this so this podcast is interesting because yeah. um it's like we listen to so many different bands on the 27 club that it's like you know, we're kind of removed from everything, but I listened to a Bob Dylan song the other day and it was better than any song the Doors have ever done. <laughs> like, I think yeah. I said this last week, but it came on while I was like going through another album and it was like so good. <laughs> it was, I don't know. It puts it into perspective. Exactly. Like how, yeah, that's how interesting. Compares. That's I, maybe we should talk about that on our final episode, but yeah, like, what it, the best Doors song does it equal? You know any of like the other great artists? Yeah, like the worst Beatles yeah, song. That's interesting. <laughs> you know, it's just it's just weird because of how removed we are right now. Yeah. So I don't know. It's, yeah. It's interesting. All right. Well, so I am curious. I mean, we kind of talked around it a little bit, but like, are you or like as a as more of a Doors fan, a uh, former reformed Doors, yeah, not fan, a Doors fan? But like, is the is the strings and horns? I'm kind of assuming we won't see that again. Is that to you like just a sound they tried, or is that kind of like not Doorsy? You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's that's a good question. It's no, no, yes. It's hard to say. It's a hard to answer because I don't think it's not Doorsy. But like, you know, if if somebody says that like touch me is their favorite song that's normal and that's like a quintessential one right so it just feels you know like if someone yeah. was yeah like tell all the people is my favorite doors song then you'd be like so you don't like the doors that much or <laughs> you know because it's just such a different kind of sound yeah well i would also say like 
wow, you have really great taste. <laughs> <laughs> you have better taste than most, sir. Not light my fire? Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah, right? But, like, it, it's such a different sound from early Doors that I want to say yes, it's weird. Yeah. But also it's not very weird because, I don't know, like, Touch Me is such, like, a quintessential Doors song. It's a very tough question to answer. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, we'll see. Well, PJ, think about it some more and bring your thoughts next time on the next episode. Yeah, we'll see what I do. Who knows? Next week's next All week. Right. You know? Fair. All right. Well, we'll see you next week for Morrison for a, a, a night's long stay at the Morrison Hotel. Ooh. Ha, 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 ha. And I will see you on the other side of that door. It was easy, try it again Much too easy, remembering when Oh, hey, look at my shoes Not quite the walking blues Don't fight so much to move Can't fight the running A Beach Boys Boys production.